Welcome to It's a Streamable Life, chronicling life in a peak entertainment era, with your hosts, Lauren and Brandon. Hello again, and welcome to another episode of It's a Streamable Life podcast, chronicling life in a peak entertainment era. We are your hosts, Lauren. And I'm Brandon. And we are back with another episode this week. Um, how, how was your weekend? It was good. It was fine. Um, didn't, do, didn't do too much on Saturday. Um, and Sunday just kind of hung out until that storm hit. So that was it. So. Yeah, same here. It was really chill uh, weekend for me. So, um, yeah. Let's get into this episode. Um, Want to do a little things different here. We haven't done a question of the week in yeah, a while. So let's try that. And uh, my question is, what are your favorite Missy Elliott songs or videos? Oh, wow. That really caught me off guard. Um, that's all right, though, because I have a lot in my mind about Missy Elliott. Um, I think my overall favorite video is Lose Control. Uh, that one, I just remember, first of all, I just remember the hype when she would get ready to drop a video. It's like, oh, what's this gonna be like? What's about Right, that? right. Um, so yeah, I'd say I'll do I'll do Lose Control is my favorite video. Second favorite. Uh, probably past that Dutch because that video is just silly. <laughs> and then uh then the rain. And then yes. I think my favorite my favorite song, I'll just do one, is Gossip Folks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the rain's a classic. Right. Uh, for me, I think my favorite video would have to be uh the Hidden with the He remix. Yes. Yeah. Like that, just the cinematography and that whole dark, like medieval thing was like right. so crazy and still holds up. That uh my second video, um I I really like Gossip Folks video. Yeah. And the third video, I'm trying to think. Um, yeah, the rain, because it was just it's right. one of her, one of her best. Her first is just a classic. Right. And then songs, I'd have to go with "She's a Bitch." Oh yeah, yeah, because that good. just gets you get you hyped from <laughs> from jump. Yeah. yeah. Well, we are mentioning Missy Elliott because as we enter into our ill list segment, she has announced that she will be receiving the Michael Jackson Video Vanguard Award at this year's VMAs. Yeah. Um, it's a long time coming. I think ever since maybe, I don't know, Beyonce won and Rihanna and folks were like, well, Missy just has to be the next logical yeah, absolutely. pick. Um, and she does deserve it. The, the award is focused on videos, and she's definitely right. She's definitely a trailblazer in music videos across the board pop music, hip hop, RB, just period. So, August 26th at 8 p.m., VMA is happening. She will be receiving the Video Vanguard Award, and she'll be performing. So, okay. that's something to look forward to. I wasn't expecting to watch them, but now right. I have to tune in somewhat to see this. All right. And and I think it's just crazy now that the war show's on a Monday. <laughs> yeah, it kind of shows you how much people don't care about it. That's really sad. Like, 
NDV yeah. used to be like, but it was it was the peak when it was our youth. Like that was its prime. That's true. So That's true. things change. So yeah. Transitioning from that, we go to CBS. Uh, they announced they will be remerging with Viacom after a 14-year split. Yes. Um, they originally split in 2005 for cost purposes and had worked yeah. independently that way. But given the rising challenge of streaming and alternative ways to get entertainment, they were uniting with Viacom. Right. And... Um, it's basically a strategic thing. Um, we all know CBS has all their all access thing and you know, wonder what other plans they have. Right. Um, I do know this place is both the Star Trek universe is under one umbrella. So you have the series universe and then the T the film, current right. film universe, it puts them all in the same right. umbrella so they can do whatever they want. And this is, this is, sounds like it's for survival, like, uh, yeah, basically, and, but I don't know, I guess, I don't know who benefits more. I think Viacom maybe needs it more than CBS, but. Right, right. Cause Viacom, I mean, when you think Viacom, you mainly think, you know, MTV. Exactly. Yeah. VH1, Nickelodeon, stuff like that. And yeah, I guess they, they sort of need a boost, yeah. um, somewhat. It's it'll be interesting how this next year plays out with everyone uh, tent pulling their own streaming services. Right, right. And speaking of services, Disney Plus announced today which devices they'll be launching on. Um, it's a very extensive list. You have um, iPod, iPod, Apple TV, Xbox, PS4, Chromecast, Roku, your wow. desktop web browser. So they'll basically be everywhere, um, except yeah. Amazon Prime. Oh. They let that know. They will not be on Amazon's <laughs> platform. Um, so they're really gearing up for this international launch. Um, and it will be $6.99 a month or $69 a year here in the States. Um, I think it varied. Some places would be $8.99. And I think New Zealand was like $10. Wow. That's not bad. Yeah, it's really not. And along with Disney, there has been some news that Disney is fretting over the R-rated, rated R properties that Fox had and how they're going to deal with that now that they have those properties under their umbrella. Um, right. Disney, of course, is the family-oriented brand, and uh, it's coming to question how they'll handle properties like Deadpool or Blade when they can't go above PG-13. Hmm. You would, yeah, you you think this was something they thought about, and I'm thinking right. they have, but the reports say they're they're mulling over. They've already made public how they decided that Fox was the reason that their quarter profits went down, right. you know, X-Men failure and things like that. So I don't know if this will turn out well for them or just a bump in the road. We'll have to see. Yeah, just wait it out. Okay. Um, in our last two segments here, or last two pieces this year, Henry Golding has been announced to lead uh, the G.I. Joe spinoff, Snake Eyes. Yeah. Uh, did, you, did you see those films? Uh, not really. I remember G.I. Joe cartoons as like a kid, but um, 
it never really grabbed me so yeah i remember watching but i think like gi joe was more 80s so yeah it was a little late for us but i definitely didn't see the movie i just remember them being i think there was two of them yeah i think so but yeah i guess they're um planning to spin off with a prequel for snake eyes to show how he becomes this sort of hero yeah. and his brother is um a villain he's sort of like the ninja nemesis that worked for cobra but it's, it'll be good to see um golding in a different role right, right. right now he's just in rom-coms and yeah that just can't be anything he's everything he does right so right. we'll see how that goes i think that comes out it'll be a few years before that comes out yeah and then we have raising dion um a web short that for a long time was being uh ready for tv set its premiere date on netflix from michael b jordan um i think i forgot to see what date he was supposed to drop but um this was i think this was like a comic that was brought to the web about a little black boy and his mother um once his father passes away she discovers the boy has supernatural powers and how she protects him from the powers that be and whatnot and it looks really interesting but it's also gotten a lot of backlash because from the initial web series and comics it's been at least four years to now wow. the both characters have been light-skinned to for a better yeah. to whitewash i guess you say the original characters were you know brown dark-skinned mother and son and now they're light skin huh. and a lot of people took flack with that just with hollywood always casting you know right, right. light-skinned women right. and children and all that so this is the first i'm hearing of it i didn't even know it was a web series or anything before so yeah i just remember it being like a web short like hearing about it and then a few years back michael b jordan showed interest in bringing it to tv and I know it's been a long time coming, like those rumors and everything. And then finally, it's supposed to be premiering this fall. But yeah. um, folks were not yeah. happy with the the casting. And a lot of people were saying, you know, these, these things are independent of each other. Yes, it's based on that story, but folks are just sort of tired of Hollywood always doing right. this in the casting. So it says I'm, it comes out October 4th. Okay, October 4th. That's a Friday. Yeah. So, um, I'm still going to check it out just to see how it is, yeah. you know, and yeah, I, I don't know what to do with the whole thing. It's, it's just that the reality we live in and we yeah. just have to do better about the issue of colors, not only in Hollywood, but also in Black Hollywood and how that right. affects people. So, and that is our ill list for this episode we will now transition to not where we have quite a few things to cover um first we had two trailers drop yeah. um i finally watched the godfather of harlem trailer forrest whitaker series on epics yeah wasn't really interested because i don't have epics and i didn't know what else they have on there but the trailer makes this look really good yeah i, I just watched it and yeah it does look pretty good and a good cast too yeah, the cast is crazy. Yeah. It, it's funny you say that about Epics because it's a channel, I think, like, 
we randomly have. So I don't watch it often, but um, I know they had a show called like Berlin Station that was on there, and that was pretty interesting. Caught a couple yeah. Of the the Pennyworth show is on there and mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's weird I'm not sure exactly what it is or who it's even connected to but uh but I don't know it may it may be worth keeping around for that so we'll see right and I don't think we have it but I know there's an app it's like five ninety nine so I'll have to see about it but this show really looks interesting Forrest Whitaker plays Bumpy Johnson uh oh. and in the think he's just leaving jail after like a 10-year bid and he sees that Harlan's being approached by rival um mobsters basically specifically Italian-American so it kind of shows like how he he plans to take back the community and even how he worked with like civil rights actors and stuff like that to sort of keep keep the law illegally I guess you say by illegal means um Giancarlo Esposito is in this Right. Um, Vincent Aldern, I can never say his last name. The guy from SVU. Right, yeah. Vincent Ordofino, yeah. When I saw the the cast, I was like, oh, this is yeah, this is like something impressive, so. And I guess it puts him in the 50s and 60s because there's clips of Muhammad Ali. I mean, his, he has, his name is Cassius Clay, so. Yeah, Cassius Clay and then uh, characters playing Malcolm X. Yeah. So this so is all like Early 60s, yeah, late 50s. I'm like, this is not what I was expecting. I was just expecting some type of power knockoff or something. So So that trailer, and that debuts September 29th, so I might have to do a trial or something. (laughs) Yeah, give it a a go. Yeah, and then we had Apple TV's first trailer, real trailer for one of their shows, The Morning Show. Drama with um, Jennifer Aniston, Steve Carroll, and Reese Witherspoon about sort of like the interpersonal relationships yeah. of the managing team and hosts of a daily morning show. Right. It, it looks um, very, very yeah. close to what we saw happen at NBC. Like uh, definitely, Steve Carroll seems to be playing like a Matt Lauer type character. Jennifer Aniston's kind of got like the Savannah Guthrie type thing, and uh, but. But that's just from the trailer, so I'm not sure what actually we're going to get from it. So right, because um, yeah, I definitely got the sort of Today Show vibes from it, announcing yeah. Steve Carroll's character being fired and right sort of this this newcomer coming and sort of the challenges that arise. Um, it looks really interesting, more interesting than I thought it would be. Right. So. Um, we'll yeah, we'll see. I get, believe Apple TV is supposed to come later this fall, so All right, we'll see I'll how that goes. Oh well, I watch just about anything with, you know, Reese Witherspoon, but uh, yeah, and she, she's getting a lot of stuff booked, like just yeah. as producer and stuff. She hasn't just announced some house decor show on Netflix, and she's she staying. has little fires everywhere coming to Hulu. It's like, girl. Like, <laughs> She's doing it, so yeah, we'll definitely be tuning in. All right, and then we had a few shows. I know we discussed briefly last week uh, the Terror Infinity episode one. Um, We've got episode two happening Monday evening, so we'll be looking at that and probably discuss it more in detail next week. Right. Um, 
basically the debuts were sets up all the characters, sort of the world building, um, sort of lays out the supernatural aspect. And then at the end of episode one is the bombing of Pearl Harbor and our, right. our host of characters are being whisked away to, they don't know what it is, but an internment camp right. and sort of that sort of hysteria that the U.S. government inserted upon Japanese Americans. So I'm excited for episode two. I, I haven't seen it, so yeah, to see where the story goes. Right. Okay, and then last week we had the David Makes Man premiere on OWN. Uh, did you get a chance to see this? No, I, I did not watch it, so you're going to have to talk about that. Okay. I, I saw a lot of good reviews. I, I saw a lot of things that called it the, everything I saw was positive they called it like uh you know beautifully shot and so a lot of things called like magical you know and just uh, yeah it takes on like sort of when you think of um just think of moonlight uh yeah. it sort of has that art house look and there's a lot of scenes in between like transitional scenes and stuff like that that um that deal with the psyche and sort of like okay it looks magical. Um, yeah. But basically, uh, you have the character of David, who is um, a high schooler. Yeah. Um, he lives in Florida with his mother and his little brother. And um, he attends a magnet school. And at the school, he's in a gifted class and um, sort of just sort of shows his trials and tribulations as, you know, a youth in that environment. They live in. I think what they call the pink houses. Okay. Um, and, you know, there's the sort of stereotypical ghetto environment. You know, you have drug dealers, the cops, poverty, um, drug addiction, sort of those issues with social um, economic differences and stuff like that. But it really examines sort of like his coming of age and the struggles he has internally with his environment and with uh, the environment where he wants to be, what where he wants to excel and what he could yeah. be. Um, the cast is fairly new. New faces. The only um, recognizable face is Felicia Rashad. She plays his teacher. Yeah. And um, she's sort of like a bright spot in his life. But um, it is really good. Like you said, it is magical. There's nothing on TV like it. And I don't think we've ever examined sort of black boys coming of age in this, yeah. this way, you know? So I think it's a good way to sort of portray that. And um, there's sort of like a twist at the end. You might pick it up in the beginning of the show, but there's a twist at the end that sort of shows um, the origin of sort of like his despair and sort of like his, his sort of uh, stuck at a crossroads. Yeah. but it's it's a really good show beautifully written beautifully shot and the performances are good so i'm excited for episode two uh this week and that comes on what day uh wednesdays at 10 okay on well, um, get it in yeah. before then so yeah, you can yeah. Get... it looked good and so yeah and i, I like it because usually typically on shows like this you have um like grown-ups playing younger like like you look at a show like Riverdale their teens are right. being played by like 22 year olds 24 year olds right 
right. here you actually have, you know, a 15-year-old being played by a 15-year-old. And this is like his big first role. So we're giving, you know, other less known black actors a chance to to work and it's it's a beautiful thing. That's always good. Yeah. yeah. So then you have Righteous Gemstones, HBO's new comedy. <laughs> How yeah. was that? It's, it's pretty funny. And um, so it just kind of, the first episode kind of introduced you to the whole dynamic. Um, John Goodman is this preacher of like a mega church and, uh, and, the, and then they're, they're his sons and his daughter who kind of just like his understudies and it just kind of shows the dynamic of how they do things. And um, it also hits on just kind of like um, evangelicals all together and just that whole world of these big hyped up churches. But it's funny. And um, it, I don't know, it, it, it's funny. And it's written by Danny McBride, who, who is one of his sons. He's the one with like the long curly hair. Mm-hmm. And if you're kind of into his type of humor from his other shows, like Vice Principals and things he's been in, then I can see how you would find it funny. But for some people, it may be, it may start off slow, but um, it looks like it's going to be good. Because I mean, a lot happens in the first episode. I won't spoil it for anybody that's, you know, not seen it. But uh, I think it'll be pretty funny. It fits perfectly on HBO. So I think, uh, but yeah, from for one episode, it was really good. So see where that goes. (laughs) Okay, cool. There, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff on right now. And as we move on more into the fall, we'll have all the networks pushing their new shows and returning shows. So it's going to get a little hectic. So just bear with us. <laughs> we'll be all right. Okay. <laughs> and now we'll transition from NLT to no concessions. Um, there wasn't a lot of movie buzz. Mm-mm this week and the box office wasn't that surprising either i think we had um what was number one i think it was hobson shaw oh no we had a new number one good boys oh god that movie looks absolutely hilarious yeah um good boys with 21 million uh, hit number one with Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shot number two with 14. Lion King at number three. Angry Birds 2, which I did not know they were doing, debuted yeah. at number four. And then Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark was at number five with 10 million. Okay. So that's not too much difference there. I'm surprised at Good Boys. Yeah. But man, those trailers, man, that looks. Looks really good. Um, yeah. I didn't know people were still into Angry Birds. I thought that died out. Yeah, I, I don't know, know anyone who still plays that or but. anything. Yeah. So um, we've got we've got a new trailer. I think this is an actual theatrical release. Um, Last Christmas, uh, rom-com star Amelia Clark and Henry Golding. Um, this one looked actually very interesting. I wasn't going to, wasn't quite interested, but the trailer sort of hooked me. Right. Um, we have Clark playing um, this sort of down on her luck woman, pessimistic, um, in a dead end job, and 
sort of despondent from her family and stuff like that. And she just happens to run into Golding and um, their passing sort of turns her life around. And as the trailer goes on, you learn that, you know, this, the root of sort of her depression is like she almost died from a fatal illness. And so, so it, it looks more than just like a rom-com, possibly more of like a, I don't know, a uplifting type of rom-com. So that sort of dramatic piece sort of made me more interested. What about you? Yeah, and it always seems interesting. Well, it's always interesting to see um, somebody break out from what you're used to seeing them in. So, you know, we all know Amelia Clark from Game of Thrones. So to see her in something funny is going to be interesting. But outside of Game of Thrones and like an interview, she seems like a very genuinely like goofy person. So it seems like yeah, yeah, that she'll be a perfect fit. So yeah, so I think that's uh, set for later this fall. I think November, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. I think I'll be I'll be tuning in. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Right, something different. Yeah. Right. And you watched Mindhunter season two. How is that going? Uh, I finished it. <laughs> oh, wow. All right. It was, only, it was only, that's what I did on Saturday. I didn't watch all of it on Saturday. I started, uh, how many did I get through on Saturday? I think I got through, I think I did four each day, four on Saturday, four on Sunday. But man, just like the first season, it's, it's addicting. Once you start, you just, you kind of feel like you keep, you have to keep going. And, um, uh like I, I think I said last week this one was about the Atlanta child murders and w- what I found interesting was that it was based on that story and you expect it to just kind of get all this gruesomeness but there was a lot of talking to the families and kind of giving their side and seeing how mm-hmm. things happened in the 70s in Atlanta you know a lot of people thought it was the Klan and the Black right. people the black people didn't want to believe that it was anyone else other than the Klan doing it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. So yeah, it was really interesting, but it's good. So. Yeah. And I saw where like, um, I had listened to some of the podcasts before, yeah. and a lot of people were, were mentioning that, you know, the police didn't look into, you know, possibly being the Klan or just someone white snatching these right. away. And uh, between the podcast and this, series i think another documentary i think they're reopening the case or plan to really uh, take another look at the case because the the one they found guilty of it the accused is still in jail but he still i think professes his innocence so yeah so we'll see how that goes i'll definitely plan to start my hunter season one yeah i can watch all of this you'll see what i mean once you start you can't you you'll be like oh, i gotta know what happens in the next episode i have to know what happens but yeah it's great right. and at eight episodes that's pretty digestible yeah yeah it's not too bad at all so yeah all right definitely putting that on my docket right. and then this weekend i binge cannon busters okay uh, that's my list so <laughs> yeah this is my first foray into like anime because usually i don't right get or don't have time because there's too many episodes or don't know what what the hell's going on. Exactly. Right. But um, this one is by a black guy named LaShawn Thomas. Mm-hmm. And it's been a while back, but I remember him I having like a web short or a comic about this. And then I guess he moved to Japan and studied more anime and stuff like that. I moved back 
and he finally got the whole you know one episode pilot started to a full series and it's a netflix original um it's really good um yeah. it's it has a typical anime antics yeah. you know mature violence jokes language some sexual innuendo but none of like crazy nudity that you may see in like other ones or anything like that right but um it, it was really enjoyable the story is really good um basically you have a character named Philly the Kid who's an who's an immortal and he gets intercepted by this robot and her robot friend and they're on a quest to find her friend Prince Kelby and as this as they go on their journey they meet a host of characters and you get backstory for each one and how everyone intermingles and it's a perfect setup for a second season which I hope it gets but it's really good um, I really enjoyed it, and I'm looking. Hopefully, I get into more anime based yeah. on off of this. Um, but yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I think I, I'm not a huge like anime watcher, but I'm like selective because what, what the only the thing that got me into a couple of series was like Insomnia and what you call it, Toonami on Adult Swim. Yeah, yeah. I would catch an episode and then I was like, okay, let me go and try to find the first episodes that's like the DVD. And that's how I did it. And, and it is, it does kind of draw you in. And, um, but yeah, there's, there's so many and I can't keep up with all of this. I yeah. I can just remember watching Toonami at night and like, I just remember Running Warriors I try to keep up with. And then they have the big O, which I thought oh, was really cool. I, I'm so glad you said that big O was my shit man i used to be so into that yeah but like and like i felt like if i miss episode then i come back and it'd be like 20 years later and this and that and right. third and i'm like well <laughs> what's happening right. but yeah i'm gonna try to be a more dedicated anime fan to say yeah. the least so we'll see how that goes but yeah definitely check out cannon busters yeah i'll have to watch it how many episodes is it it's 12 half half, half hour episodes uh that's not the bad theme song slaps, just to let you know. Like, I play the theme every time. You know, I can skip the intro on Netflix. Right, yeah. I just let it play every time because it's so good. <laughs> so that concludes our No Concessions segment, and we will transition now to our feature presentation. We are continuing our countdown of the main Emmy nominations. Reminder that the Emmys premiere September 22nd on Fox at 8 p.m., um, and today we'll be discussing the best actor category. Yes. Now, I think this will be like the most contingent for me, if that's the way you say that word. Because yeah. um, I've seen like, I've actually seen some of these series and right, right. stuff like that. So this will be, be uh, more difficult to discuss. So first we have our limited series or movie best actor. And those nominations are Marshall Lee for True Detective. Benicio Del Toro for Escape at Denimora, Hugh Grant for A Very English Scandal, Jared Harris for Chernobyl, Jarrell Jerome for When They See Us, and Sam Rockwell for Fosse Verde. Hmm. Okay. Um, so we're going to start with the who, sh who we think, who we want to win, right? Right, who, who we want to win. Ooh. I, damn, I, I think it's going to be hard to go against 
Jarrett Harris. I so I want him to win because Chernobyl was just like I won't say it was life changing, but it was just it was more than what I expected. And uh, he carried yeah. the show. Well, he didn't carry the show, but he 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 acted his ass off. I'll say that. Yeah, definitely. I'll say that. Um, that's who I want to win. And uh, honestly, I think that's who should win. Now, Mahershala did well on True Detective, but I think True Detective kind of lost me along the way. I was kind of bored with the story, so. Yeah, midway sort of, I don't know what happened. Like, it ended well, but I was expecting a bigger yeah. ending, I think. Right. Cause it was just sort it was just sort of like, oh, so that is what happened. Like I thought there would be like a bigger twist or something. Yeah, Mahersh yeah, the true detective is sort of got a little wonky in the middle. But um seeing seeing true both true detective and Chernobyl, I want Mahershala to get that Emmy just because he's been on like a sort of like a surge. But Jared yeah. Performance was really solid. Um, now, will win. I don't know if they'll do this, but there's a lot of push for Jarrell Jerome. For yeah. When this That's true. I've heard that. So, he may win, which I mean, I'm not mad at, but I don't know if they'll award like a newcomer like that. Right, right. And uh, I, I put Escape. At Danamora, like in my favorites on like Comcast, so I can watch it. I'm gonna try to get it done before this comes. I just want to see all the hype around it. So yeah, I started it like the first episode, but I didn't finish it. <laughs> I was just like, okay. Um, a very English scandal. I'm not interested. Yeah. Bossy Verdon. No. No, I don't think that's. It was a good idea, just in my opinion, it just wasn't executed right. Right. So. so that's limited series or movie. We'll now move to comedy where we have Anthony Anderson for Blackish, Don Shield for Black Monday, Ted Danson for The Good Place, Michael Douglas for The Kaminsky Method, Bill Hader for Barry, and Eugene Levy for Schitt's Creek. Hmm. Okay. Um, who do I want to win? Um, I think two, who I want to win, and I've watched at least a couple episodes of all these shows. Uh, I want Ted Danson to win because, well, I'm a fan of The Good Place. I love that show. It's hilarious. So, and he does, and he's, you know, really good on it. And uh, mm -hmm. So there's that. Who do I think will win? I don't think it would be Don Cheeto. Black Monday was good. I'm not sure how many people watched it. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. It's more like a under the current type show. Right. I'm tiredish, a blackish and all of this. <laughs> I I just don't see how Andy Anderson gets like he's okay. Like right. it's funny, but he's not I don't see yeah. it. Right. Him. I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Like I don't know. So and I don't know. Uh, well, well, what I'm getting to is I think it's either going to be maybe Michael Douglas, just because it seems like that's a show people would like. 
but maybe Eugene Levy because I've heard a lot about Shit's Creek this year. Like everybody's right. watching it and they think it's hilarious. So, so I I would want Ted Danson to win, but I think Eugene Levy will win. Yeah, um, I still need to watch Good Place. I started, but I need to push through it. Um, I think Eugene Levy will win because it's it was the final season and right. he just sort of got ignored the past few years. Um, exactly. I know Michael Douglas took the – did he take the Emmy last year or the Golden Globe or mm. – he did something out of nowhere. Yeah. And folks were like, well, what is his show? So right. I don't think he'll repeat. Yeah, I say Eugene Levy or Ted Danson because right. both those shows are ending. So. Yeah, yeah. And that wraps up comedy. We'll move on to drama. We have a pretty hefty – uh, competition here. We have Jason Bateman for Ozark, Sterling K. Brown for This Is Us, Kit Harrington for Game of Thrones, Bob Odenkirk for Better Call Saul, Billy Porter for Pose, and Milo Ventimiglia for <laughs> <laughs> Sorry if I butchered your name. Uh, who do we think will, or who do we think should win? Hate technology. Okay, yeah, we're we're good to go now. So, who do we think should win with best drama? Um, yeah, out of those, I think Billy Porter should win. I, yeah, I'd have to agree. Yeah, now who do I think will win? Right, I hope it's not Kit Harrington. I really hope not either, because. <laughs> This month's Entertainment Weekly had like every Game of Thrones person winning. Yeah. In their category. I was like, okay, y'all. Like I hope that's not the case. Please don't let that be the case. Um but I could see somebody either Milo or Milo, however you pronounce his name, and or Sterling. I, I feel like this is us has like captivated the nation. So Yeah. I would say uh, Billy should is my should get it. I could see Milo getting it because he's definitely late for this award. Like he's great on that show. Yeah. His character sort of became America's dad through the first one and a half season, two and a half seasons right. of the show. So um those are my should and woods, but we'll see. Anyone right. but kids, basically. Yeah. That's how I feel. That's just way too many nominations. 32, that's crazy. Yeah, especially for a season that many felt wasn't up to par. Right. So we'll have to see. So that concludes our feature presentation portion. And before we get out of here, let's find out what we're streaming for the weekend. Yes. Okay. So I think I think it's Thursday or Friday, but on Becoming a God in Central Florida with Kirsten Dunst comes on. And uh, I've really been waiting for that. So by the time next week, I'll have that to talk about. And I is a I think it's a limited series. So there's maybe like six or eight mm-hmm. episodes. I have to check. But they're showing them at least this first week, two episodes at a time. So, so. Okay, cool. Yeah, the first and second episode. And so, um, yeah, that's what I'll be watching. And. And I'm going to add Cannon Busters to it since. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
and I will be uh, streaming Mindhunter. I'm going to start that this evening. Um, after the terror, of course. Yeah. Right. I'm going to start Mindhunter because I, I like that true crime stuff, and I'll probably be addicted to it. So, yeah. That's what and I plan to stream this weekend. It's not like, uh, it's not like spooky, but it's David Fincher, so you get a very dark. Yeah. Like, nasty tone it's the colors and the shot very dark it's you <laughs> there's definitely a mood to it when you watch it, you'll be like oh jesus so it's good <laughs> all right it's really good okay i'll keep that in mind yeah and next this concludes this episode of it's a streamable life you can listen rate and subscribe wherever podcasts are available um also follow us on twitter and facebook at a S Life Podcast and tune in for next week's episode. We'll hopefully um, have more TV and film to talk about and same time. So thanks for checking us out. Peace out. Peace. You have been listening to It's a Stream of a Life hosted by Brandon and Lauren. Produced and edited by Lauren Williams.